0: FCS Nation, it's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. I'm coming to you from the flagship station of FCS Nation. Fox Sports, 1450 and 92.7 KGRZ and 1340 KYLT in Missoula, Montana. Joining me like it does each week during the season is the co-host of this program, Mr. Chris Callum. Chris, I'm glad you're feeling better. Thank you for playing Hurt in Segment 1 last week. Everybody really appreciated. Could you imagine an entire segment with just me? Yikes. But we had a pretty good week last week, had some upsets. Let's just get to
1: it. Up first Jacksonville State 20, Florida State 17. On the final play, Zaire Cooper hooked up with Damon Filiot-Johnson for a 59-yard touchdown with zeros on the clock, giving the Gamecocks the 20-17 victory at Doak Campbell. Pretty impressive win. They trailed by 10 entering the fourth quarter before Cooper engineered the two late drives, which won the game. The JSU defense did its part, holding the Seminoles to 332 yards for the game.
0: And on that last play, Chris, maybe Florida State was the team that was gassed and not the FCS-Jacksonville State Gamecocks. It didn't look like their guys were in really great position, and a couple of them didn't like, make an effort to make a tackle. I think maybe Jacksonville State wore out the ACC-Florida State Seminoles.
1: Yeah, it could be. They looked tired, you know, and those, they were missed tackles, and it was a good play that Johnson made. But, yeah, I agree with you. They looked a little gassed.
0: Duquesne, 28, Ohio, 26, and this was no fluke. Duquesne's pretty good. They had two guys run the ball for like 82 and then 77 yards, and a quarterback was outstanding. Well, the Dukes
1: grabbed the lead for good in the third quarter on a Darius Perantis TD pass to Joey Isabella. The Duquesne D held Ohio to just 15 first downs. They forced a safety in the win. Kevin, surprisingly enough, this is the first ever NEC victory over an FBS school. The NEC is making some strides. I would say they're actually ahead of the Patriot League as far as relevance goes right now.
0: You know, I was going to say that because the Patriot League, look, man, they've gotten destroyed by some CAA schools these first couple of weeks, and I thought the Patriot was supposed to get better with the advent of scholarships.
1: I'm not sure that's happened there, Chris. No, I agree, and that's exactly what I was thinking.
0: Let's get to some other results from last week. Number 1, Montana 42, Western Illinois 7. Just an absolute whitewash of the Leathernecks by the Grizz. Chris The Montana defense hasn't given up a point since that first drive of the Washington Huskies. That's like seven and a half quarters. That's a pretty impressive streak. Bobby Houck's 100th victory for the Grizz. They are back, I do believe.
1: I would agree. And they did all of that despite being turned over four times. The Leathernecks could never really keep it close. Cam Humphrey threw five touchdowns. He also did make a few mistakes that led to a couple of those turnovers. But the Grizz rushing attack went off for 244 yards. All things seemed to be clicking in Missoula.
0: And yes, the linebacker, in the defensive line are going to get a lot of the praise from Grizz fans and from FCS fans around the country but I've been impressed with their secondary when the Western Illinois quarterback was back there he would sometimes and make the first guy miss and you would think wow something's going to develop down the field but it really just never did the secondaries played lights out so far as well yeah they have I mean I, I think they're a fairly complete team Number two, South Dakota State, 52, Lindenwood, seven. The Jackrabbits did exactly what they wanted to do in this ball game. We'll hear from their play-by-play voice, Tyler Merriam, later in the show. But they did lose Isaiah Davis, a sophomore running back, for an extended period of time with an upper body injury. Let's hope he gets well quickly. But the South Dakota State Jackrabbit running back room is pretty
2: full.
1: Yeah, and, and really not a lot to report from this game. The Jacks led forty-five to nothing at half. They scored on their first seven possessions against the Division II Lions. Uh, truly a depth building scrimmage from that point on for South Dakota State. Number three, Sam
0: Houston, fifty-two, SEMO fourteen. This was a pretty close game until the Ramon Jefferson run broke it open.
1: Yeah, and he had a big day. The Bearcats racked up five hundred and sixty-one total yards, including two ninety-seven on the ground. In their second straight victory over, let's call it at least, a decent FCS opponent. Uh, Jefferson had a career-high 153 yards, two scores. San Houston State is averaging 47 points four in their first two games and just 15 points against. Number four, James Madison,
0: 55, Maine, seven. I did not see this coming. We talked about how impressive the Grizz defense has been. Well, JMU has allowed just 18 rushing yards in two football games. Well, one of them was against Moorhead State, right? But the other one was against Maine this game. And so far, very impressive stuff from the Dukes defense.
1: Yeah, the, the score was surprising. The outcome wasn't. Cole Johnson was 25 of 30 for 379 and four touchdowns. Desmond Green blocked a punt, returned it for a touchdown. A total route here. The Dukes de-held Maine to just 194 yards of total offense.
0: Kansas State 31, number 5, a 23 The Salukis did everything but win this football game, Chris. I believe they are for real.
1: They've been playing some of the best football in the whole country going back to last spring's playoffs where they knocked off Weber State on the road and nearly upset South Dakota State. They rattled off 23 straight points in the second half against, or in the second uh, quarter, excuse me, against Kansas State. But they couldn't score in the second half, and they had a late game drive that was ended, unfortunately, on an interception. Four Wildcat turnovers kept Southern Illinois in the game, but Southern Illinois also turned it over three times on their own. So they matched up well. I think they are a legit top 10 team.
0: We're going to welcome the Ivy League to the season. Well, Chris, we all know, but the Ivy kind of does their own thing, right? Well, this seems to be Patriot League play the Ivy League uh, week coming up right here. But welcome the Ivy to the season. Are you surprised that they're playing?
1: No, I, I don't think so. I mean, I you know, I think things have settled down enough to where it can be done the right way. People can be kept safe. You know, it's good to have the Ivy League back. They definitely do their own thing. Uh, if you want to take a quick look back in 2019, Dartmouth and Yale both finished 9-1. and one. Dartmouth trounced Yale in the head-to-head that year, 42-10. to 10. They both had decent wins over Patriot and NAC teams that season as well, and I'd expect that to continue.
0: Before we get to our top 25, some news from around the subdivision. Congratulations to James Madison kicker Ethan Rathke. He became the FCS all-time leader in points by a kicker with 417 and tied the career record for field goals made at 75. Rathke's made 18 straight field goal attempts and at least one in 23 straight games since the 2019 season. Those folks who were present at Ford Stadium in Harrisonburg, Virginia, last week, will you witness history. Congratulations to Ethan Radke, place kicker from James Madison, for becoming the FCS all-time leader in points by a kicker. And here is the FCS Nation Top 25 for Week 3. Number 1, the Montana Grizzlies. Number 2, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Number 3, the Sam Houston Bearcats. Number 4, the James Madison Dukes. Number five, the Southern Illinois Salukis. Number six, the North Dakota State Bison. Number seven, the Weber State Wildcats. Number eight, the Eastern Washington Eagles. Number nine, the Delaware Blue Hens. And rounding out the top ten, the Montana State Bobcats. Number 11, the North Dakota Fighting Hawks. Number 12, the East Tennessee State Buccaneers. Number 13, the UC Davis Aggies. Number 14, the Villanova Wildcats. Number fifteen, the Jacksonville State Gamecocks. Number sixteen, Austin Peay's Governors. Number seventeen, the Missouri State Bears. Number eighteen, the Northern Iowa Panthers. Number nineteen, the Southeastern Louisiana Lions. Number twenty, the Virginia Military Institute Keydets. Number twenty-one, the Alabama A&M Bulldogs. Number twenty-two, the Richmond Spiders. Number twenty-three, the Monmouth Hawks. Number twenty-four, the Furman Paladins, and number twenty-five, the New Hampshire Wildcats. Still to come on this episode of FCS Nation, Mr. Jay Sandos, the play-by-play voice of the East Tennessee State Buccaneers, will join us to talk about the Buck's hot start. Mr. Tyler Merriam will also be here. Tyler is the play-by-play voice. Of the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. He'll fill us in on how the Jacks have gotten off to a 2 0 start. Two of the finest play by play voices in all of FCS Nation will join us in segment two and segment four, respectively. If you miss any portion of FCS Nation, don't forget you can pick up the podcast wherever you get podcasts. Just search FCS Nation. Please follow us on Twitter at FCS Nation Radio 1. That's our Twitter account at FCS Nation Radio and the number one. Mr. Jay Sandoz is coming up next, like I mentioned just a second ago. In the third segment, we'll take a preview of all the biggest games taking place around FCS Nation today. In segment four, we Tyler Merriam, and then in segment five, we'll pick the games that we break down in segment number three. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network.
2: You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network.
0: Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. And now joined by Mr. Jay Sandoz, the play-by-play voice for the East Tennessee State Buccaneers. Jay, it couldn't have started off any better for your Buccaneers, could it?
3: No, and uh, and one of the most improbable wins, uh, I think, in... ETSU history, just when you look at uh, the way they ended the 2019 season losing um, a whopping 38 nothing to Vanderbilt, who had much of the same team, just like ETSU had much of the same team, and then felt like ETSU started to hit their stride in the spring season, and then honestly had a little bit of a lackluster effort in the Marshall game after uh, um, going to VMI and picking up a big win and a chance to win the conference championship, a chance to, to lock in a spot to the FCS playoffs. And a lot of uh, the defense could have graduated but decided to uh, use what they call, I guess, that super senior year to come back. They felt like they had unfinished business. And honestly, after the first couple possessions, it started to feel like ETSU was going to be in a dogfight. And then uh, really start second quarter, they just dominated an SEC opponent and picked up a huge win.
0: Quay Holmes gets a lot of press, and it's deserved. But Jacob Sailors is a really good running back and an excellent wide receiver out of the backfield. That might be the best two-headed monster in a backfield in the Southern Conference in 2021.
3: Well, that's what sort of we've been touting is, uh, you know, Quay Holmes does get a lot a lot of the accolades, but there are several times where Jacob Sailors has been able to uh, – Outdo Quay uh, Holmes in some of the numbers games, and right now Jacob Sailors—it's it, it, kind of funny. I think he leads ETSU history for yards per carry, and so you think about him getting limited carries, but there are always big chunk plays. It feels like, or at least you know, five, six yards a pop. And Clay Holmes is en route to, to surpass the great Brian Edwards to be number two on the ETSU rush, rushing list. He'll have the chance to surpass Brandon Walker to be one of the greatest rushers in ETSU history over 4,000 yards and certainly would put him on a very esteemed list in the Southern Conference, but it's honestly a luxury. It's almost an embarrassment of riches because the third running back, Bryson Irby, who's finally been able to get on the field a a little bit this season, is a good mix between both of them, and so we kind of laugh at ETSU about a little bit of the embarrassment of the riches at the tailback position.
0: Well, I mean, look, you could just put all three of them on the field and run the triple option, right?
3: Well, if Randy believed in that, we we certainly could probably try to do that. But he's a he's a pro style offense, and still likes to chunk the ball down the field. But I will say this: he certainly understands that a good running game is is still the best offense. And if uh, if you can get the guys to believe in that and it starts working, more so like Vandy, he really had some success throwing the ball down the field. But starting the third quarter, they had. Um, just great success running the football and coach Sanders, you know, just says, Hey, if the running game's working, we're just going to continue to pound the rock. And, you know, the mentality, if you can run the ball and run the ball, you know, with a little bit of vigor. And so that's what they were able to do. Um, not just because Vanderbilt, but that's sort of the, the MO for ETSU as far as what they want to do game plan wise. I mean, if, if you had some true serum for Randy Sanders, you know, he would, he would be the typical NFL guy. You know, we want to have a couple hundred yards rushing, and we want 300 yards passing, and the ball's flying all over the place. And, you know, the passing game for Randy Sanders just hasn't come around in his tenure at ETSU like he had. But, again, when you have Peyton Manning, you have Jameis Winston, you have some of those names on your roster, it's tough to get that success at the FCS level. But he's certainly been able to get the two-back system to work for him he had it at Tennessee, had it at Kentucky, Florida State, and now at ETSU.
0: And you've got two pretty good quarterbacks, too. Tyler's done a good job, and Brock Landis came in last week and looked very good throwing the football. He had a touchdown pass as well.
3: Yeah, it's one of those where one guy really hasn't, uh, I don't think, separated themselves. Tyler Rodell got to start last year and was 2-1, and, and honestly, I thought was playing pretty well, but the coach just pulled him in favor of Brock Landis, and all Landis do was go to VMI and pick up a, a win over a top-10 team in the FCS last year, and so Landis had, had hurt his knee, had a little PCL strain, and so... Um, going into the season, uh, that kind of gave the job to Tyler Rydell. And of course, Rydell's done nothing but go to Vandy and win by 20, and certainly I thought he looked good uh, against a non-Division one opponent last week. And, and then Landis, who's still not really 100%, came in, and boy, he threw a pre- some pretty good balls down the field. And The one thing about Landis, he's more of a gunslinger um, than what Tyler Rydell can bring, uh, but I think Coach Sanders is still looking for a little more out of the quarterback position, and for Landis being a junior college transfer, and you've been around the, the game, Kevin, a long time. When you get a JUCO transfer, usually it's the second year, I think, for those guys uh, that makes the biggest jump, even more than I think high school a high school freshman into a sophomore. Of their second year, I think it's bigger for junior college kids uh, for some reason. or At least at ETSU, it's been that way, and so I think Landis is, you know, as long as he continues to progress healthy. Uh, coming up, I mean, he may push Rodell again for that starting position.
0: Almost 10,000 people there in Johnson City at East Tennessee State last week. They were loud. They were a factor. That's outstanding support you're getting from the community and have really had it since day one when you were going to bring back the football program.
3: I think that was been the biggest thing that people weren't sure about because it kind of died and and went away because of the empathy for the program and then to have the belief to not only – you know, build a, not bring football back, but instead of playing indoors in the mini dome to go ahead and build an outdoor stadium, you know, that could seat 8,600. And then of course with the Hill and putting people there and some others, you could get up to, to 10,000. We still haven't got to that 10,000 number. Uh We were very close, just a couple hundred off uh plus. so we're hoping to get to that either this week or sometime during the season, but to see the 3,000 students and the community just come out and, and support this team, and we've had several attendances over nine thousand. But certainly, we're we're trying to build something special in Johnson City.
0: And we're real happy to be on there. We're the lead-in to ETSU football. I know that we're excited. I don't know how excited the people of Johnson City are to hear me. But it's been a really nice relationship there with six forty WXSM, the Extreme Sports Monster, with Bobby Raider and Bill Meade. Everybody there does such a great job, and we just want to thank you for being on the show, Jay. Really appreciate you. The SOCON is better when ETSU is good, and it appears like y'all are back.
3: Well, I appreciate it, Kevin. I hope so, and I know I enjoy listening to you before I go on the air. So anytime there's not enough FCS radio talk out there, buddy, anytime you can bring FCS radio, especially uh, with the spin on the Southern Conference, we certainly love to hear about it here in the Tri-Cities.
2: This is Flash from Bikers Against Bullies USA. We are a not-for-profit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers. We are committed to creating awareness and educating both kids and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. Bikers Against Bullies USA was started in Missoula, Montana. the very real fact is that kids are kids and they're dying by their own hands each week due to the insidious nature of the psychological and emotional trauma created by today's bullying attempts. Our personal philosophy is that one dead child is one too many. I personally ask you to stand out, support us, and by doing so you're making a difference. We cannot change things without you, your support, and I thank you in advance. You can get a hold of us at bikersagainstbulliesusa.com or Facebook. Fighters Against Police in USA.
0: Wearing braces on your teeth can be challenging. Flossing and brushing is frustrating at best. The patented Platypus Flosser and Toothbrush for people that wear braces is the easiest and most effective oral hygiene device on the planet. Unlike traditional methods that are, well, just awful, your kids will actually use the Platypus products because they are fast and easy to use. If your child wears braces, protect your investment in their teeth with the Platypus Flosser and Toothbrush, available at your nearest Albertsons and Safeway store in the oral care aisle. PlatypusCo.com.
1: That's my husband, mister Fixit. I got it, got it! I ain't got it I told him we needed replacement windows for our house I am man! I told him rather than go to a do-it-yourself store We should contact Renewal by Anderson Because they only do windows They're experts, no subcontractors Hey honey,
4: did you know our electricity runs through all these little metal pipes? And- you okay? Yeah
1: Renewal by Anderson. Hassle-free, energy-efficient, low-maintenance windows with a professional, perfect fit. The
4: hole needs to be just a little larger.
1: Keeping your home warm in the winter, cool in the summer with their Fibrex windows. I had no
4: idea we had this much insulation in our walls. Honey? Yeah, I think it's time we call Renewal by Anderson. Good call, Mr. Fixit. For a perfect fit, call 406 259 3944. Renewal by Anderson of Montana. 406 259 3944. Blaine McElmurray specializes in bringing your dream home to reality. Blaine and his team have been building beautiful, custom, single-family and multi-family homes since his return from the NFL in 2003. And Blaine hires only the best subcontractors to work on your home. Blaine has competed in the Parade of Homes only two times, but in those two times, he's won six of the eight awards. Give him a call. If you can dream it, he can build it. To see some of his work or for contact information, go to McElmurrayHomes.net. That's M-C-E-L-M-U-R-R-Y Homes.net. Let McElmurry Homes exceed your expectations.
0: back you're listening to fcs nation on the palmetta radio networks now time for mr chris callum and i to take a whirlwind tour all over fcs nation and preview the biggest games taking place around the country this week up first boy howdy is this a good one number four james
1: madison is at number seven weber state Well, JMU is a more proven team with a superior defense. Weber State played three different quarterbacks against Dixie State last week with Bronson Barron starting and going just 10 of 20 for 90 yards and one score. JMU can take away the run, you know, they can make Weber one-dimensional and that plays right into their hand. Weber is at home, so I give them a chance, but I think you got to favor JMU in this game.
0: Without Bronson Barron... We're back to how you beat Weber State again, like the recipe's been the last several years, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, just make them one-dimensional. And it, what, what makes Weber a special team, and you're seeing this with Montana as well and a few other places, great defense and great special teams. So with those two things, you're going to be in most games, but if you can force them to play from behind, they, they're really going to struggle.
0: Number six, North Dakota State travels across the country to take on the Towson Tigers. Chris, the last time we saw these two play, NDSU whooped them in Frisco for the national championship. Don't really know what to expect from Towson, do you? Flacco, young man, is gone now to having to replace him at quarterback. I think Towson's kind of in rebuild, and this is not a good time to be seeing North Dakota State. They appear to be North Dakota State again.
1: Yeah, Towson has the transfer quarterback for Maine, Ferguson. You know, so they should be a little bit better once he gets his sea legs under him. But Towson otherwise appears to be an average CAA team, and that doesn't bode well when you're playing the Bison. They do get them at home. Towson showed a little bit of, uh, of an ability to stop the run against New Hampshire, holding them to 150 yards. Bison still haven't opened up much of a passing game yet, but then again, they haven't really needed to.
0: Number eight, Eastern Washington travels to Macomb, Illinois to take on the Western Illinois Leathernecks. Boy, two really good Big Sky opponents back-to-back for the Leathernecks here, Chris.
1: Yeah, they've they've definitely played a, a tough schedule so far. Eastern Washington has a bunch of targets in the passing game for Eric Barrier to throw to, and Dennis Merritt is running the ball really well. The offense is clicking. I'd be surprised if Western Illinois has the weapons on offense to keep up.
0: How is the defense for Eastern Washington looking, Chris? You got whipped up front by North Dakota State in the playoffs last year, but a lot of people got whooped up front by North Dakota State in the playoffs in the past. Any schematic changes, or is Eastern just saying, hey, these are our boys, we're going to ride with them?
1: I haven't noticed anything schematically that's that's vastly different we are healthier and especially at linebacker if Eastern stays healthy at linebacker I think the defense will be noticeably improved the secondary you know has another spring season under its belt uh, so there should be some more experience they have some playmakers back there so I'd expect it to be a team that's that's going to be able to hold most opponents to around you know let's say 23 24 points and when you have that offense that's really all you need most of the time
0: Number nine, Delaware takes on Rutgers of the FBS. What kind of shot do the Blue Hens have in this one?
1: Well, Scarlet Knights on 61 on Temple, and they also handled Syracuse in their first two games. So it's going to be a tough affair for Delaware. It's going to be an excellent test. Delaware plays really good defense. They have good quarterback play, so I give them a shot at it, but Rutgers is tough.
0: Speaking of playing two pretty darn good Big Sky teams in back-to-back weeks, San Diego hits the road to Bozeman to take on number 10 Montana State.
1: Yeah, and it will be their third Big Sky uh, foe in a row because they played Cal Poly as well as Davis. San Diego doing its best Dixie State invitation continues that run. We'll see how it ends up. Maybe they pick up a Win here but it would be a huge upset Isaiah and Fonse and quarterback Matthew McKay are a formidable rushing duo and the cat D is playing very solid so far McKay has also passed for five scores against no interceptions and he's completing a high percentage of, the, of his passes so there seems like they have their quarterback position figured out
0: and Bobcat fans I'm gonna be in attendance and y'all have never lost when I'm there so maybe I'm the good luck charm we'll see Drake is at number 11, North Dakota. North Dakota just flat ran out of gas last week against Utah State.
1: They did. Utah State's a fairly decent ball club. They beat Washington State the week before that. Although North Dakota did put up 24 points, And a lot of that was on the arm of Tommy Schuster. I think they need to develop their running game more. Schuster's a good quarterback, but he needs some help and balance. They really should have very little problem doing that against an overmatched Drake team.
0: And we talked about Eastern Washington's defense, but you mentioned it in the, one of the first couple of shows that North Dakota only had one or two guys on the top two all-conference lists for the Missouri Valley Football Conference, which, look, I know that's got to be a hard list to make, but they usually have more athletes on that side of the ball. Are they just young there, Chris, or is uh, this something that's going to be a problem for them going forward?
1: Well, I think they are young. I, th- I mean, I think they had some fairly decent turnover, and all programs go through that, so it's how quickly you can coach up the guys uh, that are next up, and, and they have an experienced coaching staff, so I'd expect them to make some strides and get better as the season goes on.
0: Delaware's State travels to Johnson City, Tennessee, to take on number 12, East Tennessee State. The Buccaneers are really flying high right now.
1: They have given up just 17 total points in two games, including their convincing win against the SEC's Vanderbilt. They appear to be the class of the SOCON, whereas Delaware State is a meddling MEAC team. Expect a comfortable victory for East Tennessee. And the tour of pain continues for Dixie State. They're at number 13,
0: UC Davis.
1: Yeah, they're kind of like San Diego in that regard. The Trailblazers continue that schedule and Davis the skip resurgent and call them. They, they're back. They have wins over Tulsa. They have a blowout victory over San Diego. Junior Hunter Rodriguez leads away at quarterback for the Aggies. Passing game looks improved. The defense appears to be improved as well. They could be a contender for the Big Sky Conference title.
0: In a huge early season matchup in the CAA, number 22, Richmond, hits the road to number 14, Villanova. This should be a good one.
1: It should be, but we still don't know a lot about Richmond. I mean, we didn't learn a huge amount in the spring, even though they had a, a good spring, but they just really didn't play anybody. And so far this season, they've had their way with Howard and Lehigh in the first two, but Nova is a whole other beast, especially on offense. This might turn into a shootout, and if it does, It'll be interesting to see how Richmond responds. They're built on defense. They need to improve on the other side of the ball to stay in these type of games against teams like Nova.
0: An excellent early season measuring stick. I think you're exactly right on that. Mancuso has a lot of starts under his belt for the Spiders. They'll need that experience this week. Preview segment will continue right after these messages from the NCAA and a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Meta. Radio Network.
2: For more than 30 years, the NCAA Division I Football Championship Subdivision has helped athletes achieve their dreams. The dream of playing football and hearing the home crowd cheer time after time. The dream of competing for a national championship. The dream of an excellent education. The dream of becoming a leader. And the dream of playing the right way with sportsmanship. NCAA Division I Football. It's not a dream. Come see for yourself. In the Division I Football Championship Subdivision, the name of the game is outsmart, out hustle, outscore. But in the FCS, it's not always about the outcome. It's also about how you play the game. It's played with passion and pride and sportsmanship. It's played with honor and integrity. And it's played in towns across America where football is a way of life. The Division I Football Championship Subdivision. It's more than a game.
0: I'm DJ Coulter from Fargo, North Dakota. Welcome to American Family Insurance. I understand that choosing the proper insurance protection can be overwhelming. That's why it's so important to find someone you can rely on for trusted advice. As your American Family Insurance agent, I'll work hard to earn your trust, and I look forward to helping you find the right insurance solutions for years to come. Area code 701-235-6641. Or better than that, drop by and see DJ at American Family Insurance at 4215 31st Avenue South, Suite B in Fargo, North Dakota. DJCoulter.com. Torrey Pines Pub in Las Vegas, Nevada. Whether you're looking for a cold drink on a hot day or a place to try out that hot hand when you're feeling lucky, Torrey Pines Pub has what you're looking for. Torrey Pines Pub caters to sports fans and hosts Montana Grizzlies games every football season. Not only are you going to find the Grizz on TV, but if you ask them, they'll put on whatever FCS game you want. So when you're in Las Vegas, make your way to the corner of Torrey Pines and Lake Mead Boulevard to the Torrey Pines Pub and tell them FCS Nation sent you. TorreyPinesPub.com i um. Did you know that every three minutes someone is diagnosed with a blood cancer? Former Villanova head coach Andy Talley founded the Be the Match Registry in 1992 after becoming aware of the devastating odds facing those in need of bone marrow transplants. Since 2008, getting the Game registry drives have added 84,000 potential donors and 489 patients have been given a second chance of life. Log on to tallybonemarrow.org to find out how you can get in the game and save a life. That's tallybonemarrow.org Kevin Marshall here. For the Law Offices of John Velk. At the Velk Law Firm, they know that when you suffer an injury, everything can change. With more than 29 years of experience fighting for his clients, John Velk can help you focus on recovering rather than being overwhelmed and worried about your court case. If you're injured in an accident, call John Velk at the Law Offices of John Velk at 543-0909 or log on to the website at velklaw.com. That's the Law Offices of John Velk, the official Law Offices of FCS Nation. North Alabama is at number 15, Jacksonville State.
1: Well, going back to the Division II games, this is the rivalry matchup for both squads. Jacksonville State coming off of the huge upset win of Florida State last week. North Alabama is 0 2. They would love to play the spoiler. I'm not predicting an upset, Kevin, but I wouldn't be entirely shocked if it were to happen.
0: Jacksonville State has been everything, including inconsistent, in their program's history recently. I wouldn't be shocked if this one went North Alabama's way either. Moorhead State is at number sixteen, Austin P.
1: Moorhead State lost sixty eight to ten the first week against GMU, and they won sixty-two to nine against Point last week. The governors should be somewhere in between those two, and the governors are at home, which doesn't bode well for the Eagles. I think Austin P
0: earned a lot of respect last week how they never quit against Ole Miss. They kept coming at them, and I think they learned a few things about their football team last week on the road at an SEC
1: opponent. St. Thomas is at number 18, Northern Iowa. Well, St. Thomas is a trans- transitional program that has a very rich tradition, essentially being booted from their old Division three conference for being too good. Theo Day for the Panthers is the spark that they needed. He came in and replaced Will McElvain about halfway through the Sacramento State game, and he ignited that offense. And if you and I can find an offense to go with that excellent defense, look out.
0: Chris, what is it about Northern Iowa and quarterback controversies? It seems like Mark Farley can never figure out who he wants to play with. There'll be Northern Iowa people that say he's too loyal to some guys and doesn't play the guy who he should. I think Theo Day is the guy going forward. He came in there and, like you said, sparked him. He completed six passes last week. Two of them were for touchdowns. This is an ongoing thing for Northern Iowa. If they'll pick a quarterback and settle on him and you know, maybe not the guy who everyone thought was going to be the guy at the beginning of the season, I think Day's their way going forward.
1: Yeah, I, I think so, too. And, it, you know, this is purely speculation, but it could be a little bit of pride and a little bit of stubbornness on Farley's part. I mean, he's replaced offensive coordinators with you know, very little effect in the past as well. So you have to look at the, the man on top and look at the system for an explanation. And that's the only one that I can really come up with because they have the talent. We've seen them, you know, produce players that, that go on to NFL careers, but consistency has just not been there on offense.
0: Number 19, Southeastern Louisiana, travels up north to take on Central Connecticut State.
1: Southeast Louisiana has one of the best offenses in FCS going back to last season. They're led by quarterback Cole Kelly. They nearly knocked off Louisiana Lafayette last week, losing 42-45. to For Central Connecticut, they had a loss to a D2 in Week 1, but came back last week and beat Wagner. Southeast Louisiana has too much going on offense, I think, for Central Connecticut to stay in this one long. Number
0: 20, VMI is at Cornell. Got to be hard to prepare for a team that hasn't played a football game for as long as Cornell hasn't.
1: Yeah, there's got to be some tendencies though that you're going to expect to see. And, I, you know, this is coach speak, but I think a lot of it has to do with controlling your own actions. So VMI is going to do their thing, stick to it. And if they execute, they should win the game. And I think that's what's going to happen.
0: VMI cannot afford to come out flat again, Chris. The margin at the military schools is so thin. You must play with a lot of passion and a lot of emotion at those particular type of schools. VMI came out flat and got destroyed by Kent State. That cannot happen again. I expect head coach Scott Walkenheim to get his boys up. They'll be ready to play, and they should take care of business against Cornell from the Ivy League. Mr. Tyler Merriam is coming up next. Tyler is the play-by-play voice for the South Dakota State Jackrabbits, and following that will be the pick segment. All of that's coming up next, right here on FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Previous segments brought to you by Big Deck Barbecue Company. Proudly blended and bottled in Fargo, North Dakota, Big Deck Barbecue Company is committed to delivering high-quality, unique sauces made with the best products available. If you're looking for something delicious to spice up a weeknight meal with your family or you want to take your tailgate to the next level, you need to get a hold of Big Deck Barbecue Company. You can reach them on the web at bigdeckbbq.com. Big Deck Barbecue Company like to remind you that life's better on a big deck. BigDeckBBQ.com. Vision Office Systems of the Carolinas, one of a kind, never duplicated. Vision Office Systems is one of the Carolina's strongest independent, locally owned, and operated office equipment dealer and provider. Vision Office Systems has bucked the consolidation trend so apparent in the office equipment industry. With an award-winning product line and factory-certified technicians, they've built a strong track record and are doing their part to fuel the community's continued growth. Vision Office Systems offers a full line of -of state-of-the-art business machines for today's high-tech office. Vision Office Systems of the Greater Carolinas is the official office equipment provider of FCS Nation. Get a hold of them on the web at visionofficesystems.com herald group security solutions the herald group is a comprehensive security solutions company headquartered in northeast tennessee and was established to provide dynamic security solutions to the modern security risks people and facilities face the security of you and your company's assets are Harold group's number one priority look them up on the web at haroldgroup.com. group.com that's h-a-r-r-e-l-l-g-r-p.com
2: Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius.
0: Real Men of Genius.
2: Today we salute you, Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor. Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor.
3: Not satisfied with standard souvenir distribution, you created a device with enough kick to dislocate a mascot's shoulder.
4: Someone get a stretcher.
3: Courtside, luxury box, upper deck. Your high-powered cotton cannon makes every section the nosebleed section.
4: Hit the deck!
3: so simple, anyone can operate it. After a background check, a training course, and a five-day waiting period.
4: It only shoots T-shirts.
3: So crack open an ice-cold Bud Light Marksman of the mezzanine, because we know
2: you'll give us the shirt off your back at 180 feet per second. Mr. T-shirt lodging there. Bud Light
0: beer at Bush St. Louis, Missouri. If you're ever in Traverse City, Michigan, stop into Brick Wheels, one of the best bicycle stores in America. You can enjoy that beautiful part of these United States on a bicycle. Road bikes, mountain bikes, fat bikes, even electric assist. And if you go into Brick Wheels and you say, Go Grizz, Go Bison, Go Cadets, or whatever your FCS team name is, you'll get 20% off your purchase. So if you're in Traverse City, Michigan, go into Brick Wheels, talk some FCS football, get 20% off. That's Brick Wheels, BrickWheels.com. The High Country Club Bar and Casino, located 209 Main Street in beautiful and historic downtown Stevensville, Montana, is your headquarters for watching sports in Ravalli County. When football season rolls around again, the only place to be in the Bitterroot Valley to watch your Grizz or your bobcats is the High Country Club Bar and Casino, 209 Main Street in beautiful downtown Stevensville, Montana. That's the High Country Club Bar and Casino, (laughs) 777-9910. thanks for hanging with us during the break you're listening to fcs nation on the palmetta radio network and a welcome back into the program mr tyler merriam tyler is the play-by-play voice of the south dakota state jackrabbits well mr merriam for your Jackrabbits, so far so good yeah, it certainly has been. You know, you start with an FBS win and not just
4: a win, but a dominant performance against Colorado State and and then facing a, a Division II, which was a, dis- a disappointing situation because the Jackrabbits had a Division One contract that got broken in late March, and all of a sudden you're in scramble mode trying to just find a game. They found a Division Two, but when you play a lower-level team, if you're a team that, is of the caliber the Jacks believe they are. You should take care of business, and I would say scoring on all seven first half possessions and and dominating a defense and a forty-five nothing halftime lead certainly was that. And so, yeah, right now it's uh, other than an injury, it's really hard to be too disappointed with how things have gone
0: thus far. And that injury is a big one to sophomore running back Isaiah Davis. He led your squad in rushing last season, but that running back group for the Jackrabbits is pretty darn deep, isn't it?
4: No question. I mean, uh, Pierre Strong Jr. was an All-American, and uh, Davis excelled in part because Strong had suffered an injury partway through the spring, and then even though he played and contributed and made some significant uh, impact during the latter stages of the spring season, he really wasn't himself. He wasn't fully healthy, and now he is. And So we've seen that with his ability to run away from both Colorado State and Lindenwood, The Davis injury definitely hurts. That's a group that beyond those two, there is a young man named Amar Johnson from the St. Louis area who the Jacks are high on and he'll have to take some reps. But obviously you take away a kid of caliber of Isaiah Davis who had those memorable runs in the fourth quarter of the national championship game back in May. It's going to impact your depth, and it's certainly going to negatively affect the football program because you'd love to have a kid of his talent available.
0: The 605 Hogs, which is what the nickname for the offensive line (laughs) is for the Jackrabbits, they've been led by Egan Lickus, and boy, have they been impressive.
4: Yeah, that group, uh, that offensive line is really something else, and and again, it's pretty much the starting five, you know, when the game got out of hand against London, what on Saturday you go to the reserves, but they don't rotate a lot. They play those five. And, and you mentioned obviously Lickus and McCormick and Janant and Johnson and Greenfield, all five of them are really good. And, and no matter what you're doing, run back block or pass block, they've been huge and they've handled FBS lines that are pretty good. They've handled the best in the FCS. And that's where that injury to Davis hurts, but you also feel like it's not as bad as it could be necessarily be because of how good that old line has been that if you have some talented running backs, even if they're not as experienced as a Davis or a strong, you still have those 605 Hawks to run by.
0: And there were some question marks from Jack fans and from people around the Missouri Valley Football Conference about Chris Oladouken. Well, I told you a long time ago when y'all first signed him that (laughs) I'd seen him so much at Samford that he was going to be a really good one for y'all. He can make every throw, and he is more mobile than you think he is. He's been a really great fit for your football team, Tyler.
4: And the biggest thing beyond all of that, and you're not wrong in any point at all, Kevin, but the biggest thing is his poise, his leadership. You know, he has stepped in, and even though he's only been on campus, what, 12 weeks now, maybe that's a little over, uh, estimating how long he's been here. He's taken command of the quarterback's room. He's taken command of the offense. He's taken on a leadership role. Everybody rallies behind him. He is incredibly mature, and again, he just turned 24 years old, so some of that's to be expected. But you really look at how this has all played out for a kid who was planning on going to Florida A&M in the middle of May and watched the national championship game on TV, and now all of a sudden, here he is. From an SDSU standpoint, you couldn't have hit the jackpot any bigger if you had more time to go out and recruit somebody on a normal year's time frame. And so he's fit in unbelievably well. Uh, To your points, he makes excellent decisions with the football But he throws the best deep ball for an SDSU quarterback since Taron Christian. And like you said, from a running standpoint, you're not going to run him 15, 20 times a game. But he knows when to run. He knows how to handle himself. He has not gotten flustered. He's faced some pressure, particularly against an excellent Colorado State front four. Never got rattled, just calmly handled things. Not once did he get sacked. That's been impressive, and you've got to have that if you're going to make a deep run at this level in the Missouri Valley and beyond. And Chris Oladokin has been a a perfect fit for
0: SDSU. Take this week off. You have a bye this week. Then you hit the road Mm -hmm. to Indiana State. Who's been much better than a lot of people thought they were going to be, I think? That'll be a tough ball game for you on the 25th.
4: You start looking here, and it's such—it's easy to hyperbolize when you're in the middle of a league, but it's hard to look at a game in the Missouri Valley Football Conference and say, yep, that's an easy win. It just really is hard to do that right now. As you mentioned, Indiana State is on the uptick. Um, You you certainly see some positives out of Western Illinois. I know they got handled by Montana, but they played Ball State pretty well the week before, and they certainly have some weapons there. And then you look at USD almost beating an FBS program, and that's not even going into – all of the teams that made the playoffs a year ago out of the Missouri Valley it's just it's hard to look at the schedule and say yep that's a that's an easy win it just is and and so it starts with Indiana State and not an easy place to get to and they're going to be revved up for that game when you've gone to the national championship you have a bullseye on your chest STSU certainly does so it's not going to be easy and then the Jacks will bounce out of conference again hosting Dixie State who apparently decided to see how many top 10 teams they can play on the road in one year right they play all of them it seems like on their schedule so it's a it's a unique scenario of playing indiana state then you go out of conference and then you have southern illinois coming in who's unbelievably talented and no doubt has a chip on its shoulder from losing here in brookings in the playoffs in may in a game they feel they should have won so uh <laughs> once you get through this improvement week there's no turning
0: back fcs nation we're joined by mr tyler merriam the play-by-play voice for the south dakota state jackrabbits we've talked about about everything but the defense who's really stood out there to you so far Tyler
4: I think the defensive line as a whole that's just a really really good unit they are deep whether it's on the exterior or the interior they run so many guys in; they all have been effective and I think they really stand out and while Logan Backus gets all the attention at linebacker because he's been here seemingly since the, the dawn of football, how long he's been around, Adam Bach at middle linebacker for a kid that's still learning that position, played so well in the spring, he's gotten off to a great start, and and like we talk about, all the attention the offense gathers and, and the running backs and the quarterback, and understandably so, it's that defense that really set the tempo in the spring and it's the defense that has played really well during the first two games of the year
0: and the expectations for specialty teams are extremely high in brookings south dakota as well we all know adam venateri's from there how's the specialty (laughs) teams look so far
4: Well, Cole Fromm kicked a career-long 54-yard field goal on Saturday against Lindenwood, so that certainly is a positive. Uh, The punt game probably hasn't been quite to the level they'd like it to be. Ben Dinkle and Hunter Dustman both have had opportunities in that regard. They'll continue to. It's been quite a back-and-forth seesaw battle every week as to who's going to win that a punt job
0: fcs nation that's been mr tyler merriam the play-by-play voice for the south dakota state jackrabbits an all-around good guest and good guy thanks for being here tyler always appreciate you sir
4: okay always a pleasure checks in the mail for those compliments
0: my friend and we're back you're listening to fcs nation on the palmetto radio networks now time for the pick segment this is where chris callum drags me every week up first, number four, James Madison is at number seven, Weber State.
1: I'm going to go with the upset here. Uh, I think this is going to be a low scoring game. I think Weber State's going to get a score or a big player two on special teams that'll help them, and I think they win it in the end. The longest trip
0: west ever for James Madison. And JMU's looked super impressive in all three phases so far. Like we mentioned in the first segment, Weber State quarterback Bronson Barron had won the starting job but hurt his knee in the third quarter last week against Dixie State. Randall Johnson is a capable backup for the Wildcats. But boy, howdy, what a tough position to be in. Take the Dukes over Weber State in Ogden, 28-26. Number six, North Dakota State is at
1: Towson. Give me North Dakota State to roll in this game, 35-6. to
0: First road game of the season for the Bison and the first meeting between the two schools since the 2013 FCS title game, which North Dakota State won 35-7 down in Frisco. Quincy Patterson settled in nicely at quarterback for the Bison, and NDSU seems back to be an NDSU. Running the ball for an average of 358 yards so far this fall, the Bison run all over Towson at Johnny United Stadium, 31-13. Number 8, Eastern Washington, is at Western Illinois.
1: I think there's just too much offense for Eastern Washington in this one, so give me the Eagles to win fairly easily, 42-21. to 21.
0: After this one, the Leathernecks will have seen enough of the big sky for quite a while, I do believe. Eagles roll behind QB Eric Barrier and that balanced attack that Aaron Best strives for. Eagles, 38-17. Number nine, Delaware, is that Rutgers?
1: I want to pick Delaware in the upset, but I think Rutgers is just too good of a team, and I think they're going to win this game, so give me the Scarlet Knights.
0: Rutgers has looked good against Temple and Syracuse. I'm not sure that Delaware isn't better than those two. The Blue Hens need to keep their defense fresh. That group is talented and can match up against what Rutgers is going to bring to the table. Close one here, but take Rutgers, 28-17. San Diego is at number 10, Montana State.
1: You know, despite being number 10, it's almost like Montana State is flying underneath the radar a little bit, and I think that they're a pretty good team and probably a playoff team. So give me Montana State to win this game, 34-17. to 17. San Diego got their
0: boots blouse by UC Davis last week. I expect more of the same in Bozeman.
1: Bobcats, 38-10. Drake is at number 11, North Dakota. We saw what happened with Drake last week, and I would expect more of the same. Give me the Fighting Hawks to win this game, 40-9. to nine.
0: Fighting Hawks just slap, ran out of gas last week against FBS Utah State. Drake got blasted by Montana State. Expect North Dakota to do the same. Hate the Drake in this one. Fighting Hawks 42 13. Delaware State is at number 12, East Tennessee State.
1: East Tennessee State has been extremely impressive so far. They're at home. They're playing a Mi- Mioc team. Give me the Bucks to win this game 30 7.
0: Record crowd of almost 10,000 saw the Buccaneers whoop Virginia Wise last week. If those fans continue to show up in those numbers, Johnson City will be a very tough place to play, as the Hornets will find out this week. ETSU wins 38-7. to Dixie State is at number 13, UC Davis.
1: Well, Dixie State continues its track down, maybe one of the toughest schedules in the history of FCS, and I don't think it gets any easier this week. Give me the Aggies to win this game 38-10. to
0: And we mentioned a couple times, y'all, Dixie State, they sure ain't afraid to schedule tough opponents. Obviously pay some dividends down the road, you hope. But in this one, I think back-to-back Big Sky Offensive Player of the Week and mustache aficionado, Aggies quarterback Hunter Rodriguez, he'll make them regret putting the Aggies on the schedule. UC Davis will drive old. Dixie down, 41-13. to 13. Number 22, Richmond is
1: at number 14, Villanova. Too much Smith and Covington for Nova. Give me the Wildcats to win this game, 24-10. to 10.
0: This is going to be a good one, y'all. Both have looked extremely solid so far. The question for me is, can the Spiders' offense do enough against Villanova's defense? We've got two very experienced quarterbacks in this one. I believe the one that makes the least amount of mistakes will win. If this was at Robin Stadium in Richmond, I'd be picking the Spiders, but it's not. It's at Nova, so take the Wildcats, 21-20. North Alabama is at number 15, Jacksonville State.
1: Oh, I want to pick the upset here, but I just can't. Give me the Gamecocks to win this in a very tight game, 28-27.
0: North Alabama was held at just 90 yards of total offense by Chattanooga last week. The only question is, can Jacksonville State stand prosperity after shocking the Seminoles? I believe they can, and they will, 30-10. to Moorhead State is at number 16, Austin P. Austin P. rolls in this game, forty to seventeen. I agree. Austin P. will do what they want when they want to. Take the Gubs at home at the Fort, fifty-two to seventeen. Saint Thomas is at number eighteen. Northern Iowa.
1: Think Northern Iowa is going to be a little different this year. We're used to them kind of putting themselves behind the eight ball early in the season, but I think they're going to take the Sac State win and build some momentum. So give me the Panthers to win this game, thirty-eight to twenty.
0: Like we mentioned in the previous segment, there seems to be somewhat of a quarterback controversy brewing for the Panthers. Will McAvane was not effective in the first half against Sacramento State. Theo Day replaced him, and all we did was throw for two touchdowns. Don't think any controversy will matter against Saint Thomas. Take the Panthers at home, thirty four to twelve. Number nineteen, southeastern Louisiana is at Central Connecticut State.
1: Cole Kelly will throw the ball all over the yard. Give me Seila to win this game fairly handily, 38-7. to
0: Long trip up north for the Lions, and like we mentioned before, hard to judge the Blue Devils. They led an egg in week one and then bounced back nicely with the win last week over Wagner, who's usually pretty tough. But don't be too much offensive firepower for the Lions, led by Peyton Award winner quarterback Cole Kelly, takes southeastern Louisiana on the road 42-21. to Number 20, VMI, is at Cornell.
1: Even an elite Ivy League team would be up against it, against the number 20 team in the nation. Then given the fact they haven't played football for a couple years, give me the key debts to win this game fairly easily, 28-3. to
0: VMI came out flat last week and got whooped by Kent State. That's the worst game the key debts have played in recent memory. I believe they got that out of their system. The Institute will be heard from today. Take VMI over Cornell 31-24. to 24. That brings us to the end of another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. If you miss any portion of FCS Nation, you can pick up the podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, just search FCS Nation. Please follow us on Twitter at FCS Nation Radio 1. That's at FCS Nation Radio and the number 1. I'd like to thank Mr. Jay Sandos, the play-by-play voice of the East Tennessee State Buccaneers, and Mr. Tyler Merriam, the play-by-play voice of the South Dakota State Jackrabbits, for giving of their time to appear on FCS Nation with us today. FCS Nation is produced by Mr. Justin Swallows, co-hosted by Mr. Chris Callum. The marketing director for FCS Nation is Ms. Stacy Marshall. On behalf of all those good people, I'm executive producer and host Kevin Marshall, thanking you for making FCS Nation a small part of your football week. I'd like to invite you all right back here next week for another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. And like I always do, y'all, I'd like to remind you that life's a lot like football. You play by the rules, and the penalties won't kill you. Until next week, so long, everybody.